spokenly. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was a usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones and many, many other places. Spokenly. Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006, and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label. Full stop, bandcamp.com. It is a free download or free stream in there. But obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it'd be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N, Spoken Label, back in the house on Tuesday night. So I've got a gentleman with me tonight. I've been looking forward to speaking to this gentleman for a couple of months now because he's a fantastic poet and he absolutely cracks me up every time I see him. I see him. And Clive Osman is the name and the gentleman is originally from, not Manchester, of course. I'll let him explain more in a minute. But I know him for his night at OB Hive. It's brilliant. So, Clive, over to you, mate. Would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them obviously yeah. who you are. I'm starting there, mate. Yeah, I'm Clive Oseman. Um, I'm a Swindon-based Brummie. Uh, I love Birmingham, always will. Uh, <laughs> would love to go back. But I work in Swindon, so I've lived in Swindon since 2003. And um, as regards poetry, um, I started writing around that time, actually. I was having a particularly, you know, about 2003 when I moved to Swindon. Um, I was having a particularly difficult time like so many people when you've got personal problems you write and I mean the poetry was awful uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> I mean I, yeah I've still got some of it and I look at it and I think geez you yeah. know but it was it, it served a purpose and I, I carried on writing I discovered haiku and tanker the Japanese short forms um, which I really got into it's very different to what people think it is uh, you know the western idea of what haiku and tanker is is really not what the sort of haiku and tanker specialists would uh, would, would call poetry but i enjoyed it but i started to get a little bit bored with it and then i met nick lovell uh quite by chance he's my co-host at Beehive. um i met him through a, a series of coincidences really he, he, he i didn't know him at the time he only lives a couple of miles up the road um, but he went, he was performing and he went to the Worcester Poetry Slam and he met somebody there who wasn't a poet. He lived in Worcester, but he'd just gone because he was bored and he wanted to see what it was. And <laughs> he got talking to Nick and he was a Facebook friend of mine. And, and he said to Nick, oh, I know somebody who's a poet in Swindon. Um, and he put us in touch. And I went along to a couple of open mics. Um, I mean, there was nothing except for the page poetry type thing, which is very good in Swindon, but there was nothing performance-wise in Swindon at all. And we used to go to open mics in Bristol and various places. And I enjoyed it. And, and then 
I saw Lou Wright as Hammer and Tongue in, in Bristol headlining. And that was it for me. I thought, this is what I want to do. This bloke is a genius, <laughs> you know, and I had such a good night and I've never forgotten it. Um, and that night, in a way, it sort of changed my life. I, was, I sort of stopped writing page poetry and wrote for performance. And, you know, it's been a long journey. Um, but, yeah, I, I love every minute of it. It's, it's, it's absolutely totally transformed my life. I mean, you know, when I was younger, <laughs> you know, I've never been in the greatest of health and... Um, because of that, uh, you know, I was house paying for a few years when I was when I was younger as well. Uh, so I've always been shy. I've always been um, very reclusive. And uh, when I first started this, the first first time I ever went to an open, I was so nervous. I, it was, and for months, every time I was at an open mic night, when somebody finished and the host was just about to call the next person, I was sitting there thinking, not me not me not me <laughs> but there was something about it that I was I felt compelled to do it and once you know once you, you've once you've done it you have to keep doing it. it's like a drug you know and you, you just get hooked on it and I've been yeah completely you know and ever since then you know now I mean before lockdown I was traveling all over the country I would like leave work go straight to somewhere and um it was just if I could do it seven nights a week I would you know, that, that's how much I love it, you know. And then um, around about 2016, um, it was my birthday in August and I had some plans and they fell through because um, long story short. And I just posted on Facebook, um, does anybody know of any spoken word events on August the 7th? And the same friend who introduced me to Nick posted, yeah, uh, there's a poetry event in Swindon. All you need to do is get the poets. And he'd actually been in touch with the Beehive. He Googled, he'd been in touch with the Beehive and organised it all. So we went, you know, we did it. We, we booked a few, like, sort of local-ish, you know, poets as, as features. This was on a Sunday afternoon and it went really well. And, we, you know, we, we talked to the landlord and he said, yeah, let, let's do it regularly. And, and we decided on the Tuesday nights. And it just went from there, really. The first few, as most nights are, the first few, there were... A handful of people there and you know there was one point where we were close to giving it up because we were like it felt like flogging a dead horse, dead horse you know we'd get i mean we the most i think the most famous night was when we had kieran king headlining i know kieran. so he's traveled down from salford yeah not and, me that yeah <laughs> uh, when he got there um nick was ill on the night so i was hosting on my own and there was myself the three features one of the features partners and one other person who was absolutely blind drunk or off his face on something and kept grabbing the mic off people and rambling into it. And, and that I actually texted Nick and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just a complete waste of time. You know, and we said, well, we've booked our acts up now for the next few months. So we'll, we'll keep it going. And then the next month we got there and we walked in and we were like, where have all these people come from? What you know? What's going on? <laughs> and we've never looked back, really. And um, obviously, we had to move to Zoom in March, and it's it's been fabulous. You know, we we've gone from a, a little provincial event that did get some big name headliners, <laughs> but never really got a great turnout. You know, and yeah, we we get we regularly get 50, 60 people 
uh, to Beehive. We get some real big names. We're running slams, and it's fabulous. We, you know, we, we really are loving every minute of it. You're doing great at the minute with that because I've been down to I've been down to one of one of your nights, the last one with Ruan. I was sat there yep. thinking this is a big event. This is straight away. So, how have you found it then? Obviously, with obviously, like I said, I, you know I do speak easy, and um, it's been a challenge for us to move from live to a Zoom. So how have you found it so far for the pair of you doing it? Has it been quite hard work, really, has it? Um, in some ways. Um, I personally, I took a few sort of events to get used to it. Um, but I don't think Nick is a great lover of online events. You know, he, he does the UBO stuff and he does the occasional other event, but he, he really does miss the live events, you know. Um, but... I think the hardest work is the slams when, when we do slams. I mean, um, obviously, judging is an entirely different thing when the, when you're all in different rooms. You know, we, we have three judges who are texting. We have three hosts, myself, Nick and Chloe, who, who helps us out on our big events. And, uh, you know, they we have sort of message groups so that they text us, message us their scores and we have to add them up together and then make sure we agree. And, and that is hard. And hosting a slam on a three round slam on Zoom is exhausting. It really is. It's hard work, but well worth it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I saw your last one on your Zoom, on your on your Facebook live feed and that one. Yeah, it is. It's very really weird because I've been to over the years a couple of like in person that obviously like you say and them, but never I've seen one on Zoom before. It's like it's it's just completely different doing a slammer and that. So yeah, definitely with that one. So now I want to change topics as well because I know you also more as well for doing your alter ego as well. So. Now, oh, yes. yes. Now, I've had, I'm not going to say who, and the people listeners will know who I'm on about. I've had three people ask me, this, Clive, where did the alter ego come from? You want to know the, you want the hot gossip where that started from? Um, I think, I don't know for certain, but I think what first sort of sparked it with me was Elvis McGonagall, who does um, the Queen's. Um, the Queen's Speech poem. And I love it. I absolutely love it because I'm absolutely not a royalist. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a total Republican. But, um, but I saw that and, it's, it, you know, it sort of played in my mind for, for ages and never did anything. And then one day I just, something happened. I, I can't remember what it was. And I just thought, I just imagined that the Queen would react because <laughs> that's how my mind works, you know. And it, 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 just, it just seemed to happen. And I did one poem, uh, which worked well. Um, did get one or two snidey comments who called that an impression, blah, 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 blah. And I know it's a bad impression. It really is an <laughs> awful impression. But that's part of the fun. You know, yeah, no, the I fact got that. that. Yeah, uh, it's the same as when I do parody songs. I'm probably the worst singer in the world. And that adds to the fun. And yeah. I think the experimental side, again, it, it comes from a friend who sometimes helps us with UBI, uh, Chloe Ijaco. Uh, who is an absolutely brilliant poet and performer. And I saw her do a, a parody song, a, a parody of um, Sound of Silence. And it had the whole room in tears of laughter. And like myself, she can't sing. And I thought, it doesn't matter. It's fun. You know, and I, I just started experimenting. You know, and I do all sorts of things, you know, as, as well as um, 
you know, doing the Queen thing. I did that. I started doing David Attenborough as well now. And um, oh, um, I love David Attenborough. Oh, no, 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 I didn't know you did that one. I thought, oh, I, I've only just started. I wrote the first piece at the weekend, <laughs> and I performed this as a mic where I was, um, yeah, I was sort of going into the details of this species called the Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do that. I do parody songs, and I do also on the Zoom. I do all sorts of things. I like to trick hosts into thinking. They've got Zoom bombers, or you know. Or... Oh, I saw that. Um, it was a Finn, I think it was Finn Hall's night when the first time I saw you. Before you do a headline slot round recently, and you're cracking yeah. me up with that because like, you you had people, you had me. It sound like you've been up to attacked and getting harassed all the time. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I love doing it, and and I just like experimenting. And yeah, it, it's great. It's great fun, and it seems to work. So, um, yeah. yeah. So that's okay. where it all came from, really. Really? Now, what I'm interested in knowing about this, and obviously you said you do writing in other voices all the time. Do you find it hard when you've got you've got a number of different characters when you start writing? Do you often have an idea who you can be writing about, or does it change halfway through, for example? No, not really, because another character I've got, which I haven't used much recently, but I am planning to reintroduce him, is a totally fictitious character called Cecil Dalrymple. Oh, who is he, he is an elderly Daily Mail reading misogynist racist pig, and <laughs> you know I have I've had some great fun with him. I have had one or two people sort of when I first started doing it. I forgot to mention that it was satire. I've had one or two people think I was serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I sort of at one event I sat there and I, you know I could see the people thinking we've got a little Hitler here. <laughs> Uh, 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 and I, I sort of knocked that on the head because I find myself <coughs> going too far and <coughs> saying things that were really out of order. And although it was satire, I, 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 sat, I sort of thought, you know, if somebody takes that seriously or thinks it's what I really think, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> but I do plan to reintroduce him, so I've got some new ideas. So. Oh, cool. Um, oh, cool. It yeah. sounds like you said that's what. When you do, I always believe in you try one thing out like this. It's easy, it's easy sometimes just to write two, three, four, and five, then isn't it? To get different sort of characters all coming because you're wearing these, you're training your brain all the time there, definitely. So, so I did, I did find this up because I, I recently did a, a one man show as the Queen, um, yes, which you I'm did actually that recently. Yeah, I couldn't do yeah, that. I'm actually performing it again next Friday because it went so well, it was, it was unbelievable. I just couldn't believe the reaction. And I've had a lot of people saying I would really like to have come, but Monday nights I can't do, you know. So I've decided to do it again. And I'm doing it uh, on Friday, the 12th of March, uh, along with Nick's going to do It's an Ubi Hive comedy special. And Nick's going to do a set. And we've got Melanie Brampton from Bristol, well, Western Supermare, actually, who is brilliant, you know. And I've heard so of Melanie. I've, not, I've heard of Melanie. I think I might have seen her. I certainly don't know yeah. what to do to talk to. I must admit. So, well, great. Oh, brilliant. So, that, so. So that's, and then the second half will be me doing my doing the Queen again. No, that sounds terrible. Doesn't it? But that was... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll move. We'll move straight on there, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Do that, mate. Do that, sir. Yes. Please do. <laughs> oh, you sound like Dick. A bit like Dick Emery, then, actually. <laughs> a lot of people say that when I do the Queen, I sound very Python-esque. Yeah, like you do. Terry yeah. Jones. Yeah, and I take that as a real compliment. If anybody ever wants to compliment me, say I remind them of Monty Python. That will do me 
till my oh. dying day. Oh, Brian, no, I know. I agree with you. I'm such a big fan of Life of Brian. I'm always one of the funniest yeah, films I've ever seen. I think it's one of the most PC films I've ever seen as well. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's, then, it's probably my favourite film. Yeah, it's got to be one of mine as well. Got to be one of mine. It's a, um, I know play, I played it with my partner last year for the third. She hadn't seen it before. And she just turned and looked at it. She's a bit younger than me, Amanda. And she said to me, you're mad. It's <laughs> 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 what it is, isn't it? So, uh, do you like um, Search of the Holy Grail much, do you, then, as well, Monty, the previous Monty Python yeah. film to that? Yeah, I love everything Monty Python. Yeah, Anything John Cleese as well, you know, uh, with the exception of Clockwise, that which was absolutely awful. Oh, but God, other it was, than it was that, an off film, Clockwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, anything, anything John Cleese is, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, completely, completely. I'm like that. Um, usually when you see the what's left of the Python crew now crop up on TV shows, I always try to make sure I catch them when I can. Because I saw him... Yeah. So I saw the second season of Stage Trailer recently with David Tennant and Michael Sheenan. And then, oh, Michael Palin was in the first episode, and I thought he was brilliant tonight. He was. Yeah. I got the improvisation feel of it still. I thought he's very good at this day. Yeah, no, brilliant. Now, obviously, to conclude then on this chat bit, a couple of quick things we need to go through with you. Um, now, obviously, the show at this, this is going live sometime after your repeat show, The Queen, certainly, yep. the 12th past, way past 12th March. I know, I know it will already. But um, do you have any plans to do the show again then in the future? I'm hoping to do a live version of it once once it's allowed. You know, um, I would love, you know, I've always wanted to do uh, a one-man show uh, or a one-woman show in this case, I suppose. Uh, and to be honest, uh, I've always had issues with confidence and self-belief. And I, I, I kept telling myself, Nobody will come. You know, no, no one will come if I do a one-man show. And then um, sort of lockdown happened and Zoom happened. And I thought, well, if ever I'm going to try it, now's the time. You know, so, so I did it on Zoom. And as I say, I was absolutely amazed at how many people came and the reaction it got. So, yeah, I, I definitely do want to do, do a live version of it without a doubt. When, it, it will have to be slightly different because I use a lot of... Um, screen sharing and videos and stuff to, to save me voice basically because it, it, doing that for an hour is yeah it destroys, it destroys the voice so i was just um, going to say to you as well are you going to put you going to put a full frock on them alive as well as well would you <laughs> I, I would think i will be using recordings you know but not, obviously not videos but recordings and i'll have to sort of approach it slightly differently but um i'm sure i'll do it as long as I mean, the big worry, and this is going to sound terrible, but the big worry was a few days before I was due to do it, Philip went to the hospital. Oh, God, yeah. And I'm thinking, I can't do it. If anything happens, I just can't do it. Because not only would it be... I mean, I've got no respect for the royal family, but it would be dreadfully disrespectful to do what I did on that night if anything like that had just happened. So, you know, that that, that is the... Um, one thing I've got to bear in mind, you know, because at the end of the day, he's 99 years old. So I'm not going to be doing it for the next five years, you know. But Yeah, no, I think you've got to keep, as a, as a sort of comic, really, aren't you? So, yeah, the person, comic or poet, yeah, you've got to perhaps thinking in the future all the time. And, and that's what's good for you, really. You're thinking of other acts all the time. So, like your David Bellamy one, and obviously you carried to about before. No, it makes sense just to naturally evolve anyway. I mean, yeah. what do you think, like, if you stay doing that character for 10 years... You risk really, don't you, going stale on yourself and you just repeat yourself. And I get, I get you completely with it, mate. It's not good luck with yourself. Now, 
if people want to find out more about you, Clive, where are the best going? Um, I've got oh, obviously all the social medias. I'm on Facebook as myself, and I've also got Clive Oseman Spoken Word, which I do tend to be a bit lazy with, and I don't update it very often. Um, so, and I've also got a website under construction, but it's been under construction for quite a while because I, you know, obviously, with work and the you know the performing and the hosting events and organizing events i'm pretty busy so um so i think the best thing would be um facebook i mean i mean i'm easy to find there's not too many clive osman's around that's you know it's o-s-e-m-a-n um or i am on twitter but don't use it very often and i'm on instagram uh, i'm on twitter as clive underscore osman and instagram as uh Osman Clive, I think. Yeah, Osman Clive. So, um, yeah, so they're I'll the best places. I'll log these down for you. Great, that's great stuff, Clive. Okay, okay. Obviously, OB Hive as well. That's on. I've seen that on Facebook as well. So yeah, we, we, uh, OB Hive has got its 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 own page, um, which we obviously post about all the events, and um, you know we've got a couple coming up in. Uh, they will have gone by the time. This goes out live, obviously, but, um, you know, we have a regular event um, on the third Friday of every month in, on Zoom. And we also run a, a UK online slam championship, which finished in December, but we're starting again in April or May. And we do monthly heats and a big final. So. Brilliant. Now, obviously, for the old main old Beehive night, this is probably going to be going live probably i've not looked at the schedule yet i get my first week in may probably so do you have any yeah. sort of acts coming up then in the foreseeable future for people just give you a feel of who's coming in as your headline acts uh yeah we um we don't yeah we don't normally announce them in advance we're obviously this is not going out in advance so i'm not am i <laughs> um <laughs> so obviously skip march and april may we've got special k or kimberly johnson Ooh, cool. from america who is absolutely fantastic. And June, we've got, we, we recently run a, a global slam, which was won by R Ricky Livermore in New Zealand. So they will be our headliner in June. And they are fabulous. I mean, cool. they were absolutely spellbinding in the slam. So I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I think New Zealand, really. Was it? That's 12 hours in front of us, isn't it, as well? Or was it? It's something I like think that, that's right. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. It'll, I think it'll be that's get up in the middle of the night for that one. <laughs> I'm just thinking that, like, I don't, I don't know if I could do a, we'll do a full headline slot. Like I said at seven in the morning. I'll, well, I'll be like a fit for nothing for that time in the morning. <laughs> I've but got one coming up at three o'clock in a, in the morning our time in April. <laughs> oh, blimey! Oh, God! <laughs> Luckily, it's it's a Friday night, and I don't work Saturdays, so um, yeah. It's probably yeah, so at least I can catch up on the sleep or yeah. not catch up on the sleep or enjoy the football <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, good luck with that one. Don't envy that one, mate. So, anyway, right, uh, anyhow, Clive, that's it for this house. So, cheers for that, mate. It's been fantastic today. So, we're gonna have a, let you do some poems next for us, mate. So, everybody hang around. Who knows what Clive is going to do next? I certainly don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Cheers again, mate. It's been brilliant this first half. So, right, see you in a minute. Spoken Hi guys, straight over to Clive. He's going to do some pieces for us, and who knows what characters is going to be? Because I don't know. Or whether, whether it would just be Clive for 15 minutes, wait and see. Over to you, Clive, mate. 
Okay, right. I'm going to do altogether there's five poems, three sort of slam length and two shorter ones. Uh, so the first one I'm going to do uh, is is called the A to Z of animals. Now the original version of this goes through the entire alphabet, and uh, so there's 26 verses, um, and that takes over five minutes. So this is what I call the three minute slam version, or the shit bits taken out version or the match of the day edited highlights version or whatever you want to call it. So you will notice a few letters missing and I do know the alphabet, honest. So here we go, the A to Z of animals. Aardvark appears ahead of absolutely all else. The apex of alphabetical arrangement. Some alternative animals are agitated, acrimonious or even apoplectic, although a few are actually ambivalent. Conversely, See what I did there, no B. Conversely, cats are casually content because they can't comprehend or care about concepts categorizing creatures as they carelessly claw chunks from the cuties of Clarissa. Dogs demand different definitions. Don't dare diss Dalmatians or Dobermans. Doing them down is downright dangerous. Dallying with disaster, dicing with death. Don't do it. Foxes are furious, forever affiliated with fake facts, thanks to that fascist fart's favourite fuckwittery flinging fecal fiction factory, Fox News. They feel fully fucked over by fate. Giraffes go gazing over gigantic gates, getting glimpses of gloriously gorgeous greenery. Grandma giraffes gasp and go gaga for glamorous Gary, the great ginormous gigolo of giraffedom. Impalas, Iguanas, idle rhyme in iambic lines, in fact, immensely incompatible. It's irrational imagining interspecies intercourse. Idiotic idea. Jellyfish just take joy in jeopardizing enjoyment of jolly seaside jaunts. Jackass jerks, geez. Jellyfish just. Kangaroos can kick in a kerfuffle. Kevin was killed by a king size kanga, keeled over after a kick in the knackers. Probably karma. Kevin was a knucklehead. Ocelots oscillate between outrageously obnoxious and out-and-out -out ordinary, only occasionally observably obvious. One once openly organised ocelot orgies in zoos near Oldham and Ormskirk. Q. Hmm. Quagga. Quetzal. Quacker. Quite almighty. Quite a quandary. Quality over quantity. Quickly quashing Q. Squirrels are stupid. Cyril the squirrel sometimes seems sensible, then says something silly, suggesting some sort of shortcoming in syntactical skills and substandard schooling. The Trump. Tangerine textured tosspot. Totally tactless toxic tyrant. Timber brain temper tantrum trendsetters of the terrible twos. Trashy tramp. Oopoopa epops. Oopoopa. You pooper, yuzu super duper pooper scooper, undeniably unique. Yaks of yesteryear yearn to learn to yodel. Yes, efforts yielded tiny yaps and yelps that travel yards, yet yaks are yet to yodel. Young yaks do yoga instead. Zebras are stripy, not zigzagged. Zoom in on Zelda driving a zephyr, zipping away from the zoo. Zelda's sister Zoe Zebra zonked out, catching zeds. Zzz. 
so that's that one uh the a to z of animals with bits missing uh, and the animals haven't got bits missing the the, the poems got bits missing uh, no animals were harmed in the making of that poem <laughs> brilliant i love that one very really really good i i ain't heard that one before but it's really innovative mate great stuff <laughs> thank you Right, the next one I'm going to do uh, is inspired by some of the, shall we call them um, idiots? Yeah, that's the word, idiots, uh, who are COVID deniers and um, they believe in conspiracy theories and they, they all believe it's all Bill Gates' fault and all that sort of nonsense. And this is inspired by that and it's called Disciple. And it's also got the title of the Tinfoil Hat Poem. Uh, because I do wear a tinfoil hat when I'm performing it. Performing it. So, here we go. When this podcast is over, I want you all to subscribe to my YouTube channel. No, it's not for poetry. That's the conventional side of me, the one who has no devotees. On YouTube, I am different. The sheer power of my preaching will leave your senses sleeping... Your judgment will be compromised. You will find yourself being hypnotized into following like sheep. And you will worship at my feet, feeding into my deceit as I fill your mind with false belief. How the virus is a hoax. And all the doctors and professors have sold you a lie to give the government an alibi. And you won't be hard to coax to give me money for my um, <coughs> research into how the mask is stealing freedom like some kind of cultist church. So expose the government agenda. Expose that rogue Bill Gates. Burn down all the 5G masks. Stand side by side with fascist hate. Burn the masks and breathe the air. Speak your truth. The state, beware. They're poisoning the water, you know. Each litre from the tap contains five drops of mosseline, which starves your brain of oxygen and makes you believe what's good for them. Only this special water, purified in my factory, can protect you from this tyranny. So buy my pure water, just five pounds a bottle, your confidence respected. Wake up to the tyranny. All major credit cards accepted. David Icke endorses this. Yes, the David Icke endorses this. It's an offer that's too good to miss. So get rid of oppressive masks and in the taste of freedom, bask. <clears throat> Protect loved ones from the hyped-up hoax with my special natural pills. They may look like simple aspirin, but they can cure all ills. No poison from Big Pharma. No side effects, no drama, no need to feel dejected. All major cards accepted. So reject the narrative they feed you, the lies the government need you to believe. <clears throat> to cut the strings that control you, this is what you have to do. For just £300, I can enrol you on my online course to make you wise called How to Fight Establishment Lies. We will take these tyrants by surprise. Just £300, no applicant rejected. All major credit cards accepted. So expose the government agenda. Expose that rogue Bill Gates. Burn down all the 5G masks. Stand side by side with fascist hate. Burn the masks and breathe the air. Speak your truth, the state, beware, and I 
will be grateful for all that you can spare. Freedom! Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. And I've performed that once or twice, and um, I think the neighbours think I'm slightly mad. <laughs> I actually took to um, putting the note on the door. I am not mad. I am performing. <laughs> when I was doing that. And I forgot today, so I'll probably have a knock on the door in a few minutes. You'll probably get a note on your door later on. Are you okay, Clive? Yeah. <laughs> or if you, if you get a knock on the door from the police in about 10 minutes' time, we, we, we know it's time to go. Time to finish the podcast yeah. off quick, definitely, mate. <laughs> okay, okay, mate. Okay, what's your next one then? Right, the next one's a shorter one. Um, and this is, I, I, I really enjoy doing this actually, because. Um, yeah, it's fun. Um, it's called Possibly Unsuitable Children's Stories. I mean, we've all seen, you know, TV characters, you know, children's characters on the TV and in comics and whatever. And they're all such wonderful characters, you know, wouldn't harm a fly. They're all wonderful. But when the cameras are not there, some of them are very different, as you will now find out. Humphrey the Chunky West Country Monkey had uncomfy Rumpy Pumpy with the Grumpy Numpty Humpty Dumpty. Andy Pandy was feeling randy, but Miranda Panda wasn't handy. He got turned down by Sexy Sandy, who branded him as Namby Pamby, so Han Shandy was fine and dandy. Donald Duck was out of luck in the quest for a fuck. And he fussed and cussed how much this sucked. So he hired a quack whore for 40 bucks. SpongeBob SquarePants had some bants with a man from France, but the man from France started to rant and at a glance produced a lance. Poor Bob cracked, cacked his pants, and ended up in an ambulance. Postman Pat had a secret stash of lots of smack and crack and hash. He was a very brash chap who got into scraps when out on the lash, and only his cat knew he was EDL fast trash. Tom and Jerry got very merry on a bottle of sherry and jumped on the ferry to County Kerry. Tom felt a rumbling in his belly. Jerry's legs turned to jelly, and he ended up in Perry Perry. Rupert the bear had a bit of a scare. He ripped himself open on a broken chair and they tried to stuff him with Donald Trump's hair. But the glare he gave and said, don't you dare. I'd rather be dead than have any Trump in there. And Stormy Daniels agrees to be fair. All children's heroes have an alternative story, some full of glory, some pretty gory. But what they never told you on Jack and Ori was Peppa Pig's grandma got shagged by a Tory. Thank you. And I'm sure it wasn't David Cameron. Controversial end there, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, controversial for the Peppa Pig's grandma, obviously. <laughs> I'm saying nothing about politics. No, I don't get involved in yeah. politics. So it raises your guess, mate. So but I found it yeah. funny still. So okay, <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I'll see you fourth one now, mate. I'm dreading, right. I'm, I'm dreading to think you're going to do now for that one. <laughs> Right, this introduces the Queen into the equation. Um, yeah. This is a very short extract from, from my one-man show, Getting to Know Elizabeth. And the basic context of it is that she's looking for ways to make money because times are hard, even for the royal family in these days. And she thinks about trying her hand at greyhound commentary. <laughs> and, and she gives up on the idea because obviously a lot of working class people go to greyhound people racing and that just wouldn't do but 
to prove that she can do it, she commentates on her race from the TV screen. And this is how it goes. It's, it's supposedly called, it hasn't actually got a title because it's part of the show, but it's the Queen's Greyhound commentary. The hair is on the move. Pity it isn't a real one, really, but never mind. We can't have everything. And they're off. Three traps fast, like Andrew being pursued by the feds. Trap one, Bojo Boris, slow to react as always. So three leads going into the first bend. Five and six have a right royal bumping match, like Harry and Wills at the family gathering. Three leads, two is in hot pursuit, like a Spencer chasing a royal husband. Then come four, five, six, and the slow starting one. They head up the back straight, and Tungay catches the early leader and looks in a strong position. But she's got tangled up with trap four, James Hewitt, giving five a chance at claiming the prize. Trap five, Mick Camilla takes it up and powers away from the pack. One, Bojo Boris is making some grind, but has left it way too late as always. Five is going to win this by the length of Philip's ego. Five wins, four runs on for second. And to be honest, who gives a flying fuck who came third? If you've bet it, you haven't got as much money, guy, as you had a minute ago. So off to the food bank you go. Goodbye. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Madness indeed, yeah. Yeah, Matt. I'll, I'll, I'll use the word up here, definitely. Yeah, mad. I think it's a word. Yeah, crazy <laughs> is, is the way one person described me. Um, Brilliant, mate. Yeah. Okay. I think, was it, did we agree in five or six pieces? I forgot what we said now. Don't five. It's five, wasn't it? So, okay, it's the big finale then, basically. Yeah, this, I, I suppose this is my signature poem these days. I've been doing it for two or three years, and it it's it's won me more rounds of a slam than all my other poems put together, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I do try to change it from time to time to keep it fresh. And there is a new sort of segment in it today. So, um, and what you need to, it, it, it's called, well, I suppose it's called, if the real title is if typos had consequences, but I often shorten it to typos. So what I need you to do for this poem is to imagine that every time you read a typo in a newspaper or, in a magazine or online or if you misheard something the world magically changed so that what you read or what you thought you heard becomes reality by magic and this is a rather random take on what would happen if every single type's mistake changed the world to fit its template if one letter omitted or added any others changed or out of place had a consequence for the human race for example art carbuncle singing i only have ease for you May not endear him to the Tory party when most prefer snorting Charlie. Yet he was partly responsible for the sound of violence. He is to you, Mrs. Robinson, and bridge over troubled Walter. His weirdness never seemed to falter now. I don't know why Walter is troubled or he, even who he is, but it seems somewhat harsh to stick him under a bridge. We could have some wonderful movies as if the originals needed improving, like... 101 Damnations, a hell of a film, I'm sure you'll agree. Then The 39 Sheps, where Cruella decided the change of breed would just as well fulfil her need. Joseph and his amazing testicular dreamboat, whatever that may be about. And Inglorious Bat Turds, about a flying mammal that met Ozzy Osbourne and crapped itself with nerves. 
in Les Miserables, or Les Miserables, as the Brexiteers like to call it, the blood of tomatoes will water the meadows of France. We would have criminal Spice Girls called Felony B and Felony C. Muse singing about a supermassive asshole, and that's not all. Kids would hear Humpty Dumpty shat on the wall. There would be a black country killer called the Boston Strangler, and Gordon Brown is a song by the Danglers. A bit of a hard walk never hurt anyone, though this I doubt. One over the head and your lights will be out. A bird in the hand is worth two on the boss, I concede. A friend in need is a fiend indeed. Liverpool fans singing, you'll never wank alone. The butcher giving his dog a boner. Putin interfered in Trump's erection and probably caught a nasty infection. And I heard Harry Potter's noblet of fire appeared to be up for hire. How much? If you ever have to ask the prick, you can't afford it, squire. Now, I think this poem is the dog's bollocks. Others will call it puppycock. But on one thing we can all agree. Too many cocks really do spoil the broth. And you could end up with a meal of wanker's crisp sandwiches and a packet of clitoris all sorts. Thank you very much. Oh, tremendous, mate. Oh, you might, what got me in air climbing? She piece you did there in this little set. I was just trying to think, how was he going to top each piece then? And you managed to do it every time. And oh, excellent stuff, mate. It's been tremendous. Thank you. <laughs> and the good, yeah, thanks for having people me. wonder why I was so quiet. Then. I had to mute it because I thought if I hadn't muted it, I'd have been laughing that much. I'd have put Clive completely off then. And all, I could actually heard. see you laughing, <laughs> which I like, you know, when I'm yeah. trying to make people laugh. But it did distract me just once and I sort of lost my place. <laughs> so I don't know whether you noticed, but I sort of paused because I couldn't couldn't think where I got to. <laughs> I could oh. see you laughing. So. Oh, no, it was great stuff. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm like, honestly, if you get a chance, go to all Beehive, definitely. All chat, check out on the Clive shows. He's, He's excellent. Oh, that was a fantastic last piece, that mate. So listen, mate, hang around anyway. I need to chat to you off, Mike. But okay. it's been a pleasure today, mate. I've really, really enjoyed this today. I'm glad glad it's been great to for chat. me too. I'm, yeah. you know, privileged to be on, you know, and it's it's been great. Well, anyway, guys and girls, as Don Callis of Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all soon. Spock on mate.